You're listening to the Inner Child Podcast. Hey, besties, welcome back. This episode is for those of you who still have partners that seem to be unsure about you or hesitate to commit or take the relationship to the next level or just flat out not making you feel like you're their first choice. You might have some kind of historical pattern around commitment. And today we're going to dive into four ways that you might be uncomfortable consciously repelling commitment and creating uncertainty in the relationship without even knowing it. These are things you might not have heard of before. And I know that number three, especially, is going to really surprise you. You're going to walk away having a much clearer understanding on what needs to happen in the relationship to get the love that you want. Let's dive in right after this intro. Hi, I'm Gloria Zhang, and after 10 years of struggling in toxic relationships, I attracted the love of my life by healing my inner child. This podcast is your weekly dose of my expertise as a therapist and dating relationship coach for high achievers. Learn tips to overcome low self-worth, emotional baggage, and childhood trauma so that you too can step into your power and attract the love you desire. Welcome to the Inner Child Podcast. Hey, besties, welcome back to the Inner Child Podcast. I am your host, a relationship coach and healer and person who is struggling with staying awake a little bit this morning, but I'm still here. We are ready to go. And today is kind of a part two from episode 32, which is my first episode where I started to talk about commitment issues and why people might be hesitating to commit to you. I don't know if you guys experience this, but whenever I wake up in the middle of the night, that's just past 4 a.m., I have a hard time getting back to sleep because it's like in that awkward in-between phase where I could wake up soon, but I could go back to sleep. So I actually woke up around 4 when I was trying not to wake up my partner. And I was just kind of, you know, staring at the ceiling for a little bit and then unexpectedly fell back asleep again. And I had a really weird dream, like a really, really weird dream where like I was with a bunch of people going down this humongous slide. And right when it was about to get good, my alarm went off. (laughs) So I woke up and I was like, no. So I kind of am in this half groggy state, but that's okay. I really wanted to record this today. I have all my notes in front of me and we're just going to get into it. Last week's episode was pretty intense, right? I got a lot of feedback around it. A ton of you really needed to process and think about your life in a much bigger way. So today we're going to pull back from the depths and just talk about something a little bit more practical in terms of your relationships, just to sort of balance it out. Today we're talking more about internal reasons why we might be repelling commitment in our relationships. And this is something I struggled with for a very long time, right? I had a very difficult time connecting with people on a truly intimate basis. I seem to be okay with friendships, but romantic relationships just takes you to a whole nother level, right? And so although we're going to focus on romantic relationships, the core concepts that I'm going to be diving into is something that applies to all relationships, A very typical example, and we deal with a lot of folks who have this inside soulmate, 
I meet clients who seem to have this history of people who just will not commit to them, partners who are dragging their feet to that finish line. And it seems like there's some common denominator going on. So I want to clarify the confusion around this because sometimes there's this question of, is it really me? Is it really the other person? So I work with my own feel, heal, attract system, right? This is my unique framework. It's got a 97% success rate where we're really tackling three specific issues that come up in relationship problems. So the first one is if it's your emotions, right? Your eruptive emotions that become out of control in relationships, and you're the one that's creating unsafety in that relationship. So the key here is sometimes people are very calm and regulated when they're single, but when it comes to relationship, they have a lot of trouble dealing with their own feelings. So that can cause trouble with commitment, and we'll talk about that later. The second reason is if you just choose the wrong people, right? You are going after people who are flat out telling you that they're not looking for a relationship or they have a history of kind of being you know, like a playboy or a playgirl, and you're trying to change that person because you're seeing that as a challenge instead of a red flag. And the third reason is that you might be around the right people, but something is going on where you are unconsciously sabotaging the potential to develop a relationship with that person. So today we're really going to be focusing on reason number three. We're not going to talk about choosing the wrong people because we can talk about that another time. I've already discussed that in previous episodes with being attracted to avoidant people. But we're going to focus on situations where you might be meeting the right people, but the conditions aren't being met. And it seems like you're not being chosen for one reason or another. In other words, there are things that are happening in that relationship that are causing friction to the natural process that would eventually lead to commitment. And there are really four reasons for this, and we're going to dive into all of them today. So the first thing that I want to say is just untangling all of the meaning that we put onto the word commitment. People who haven't experienced a lot of commitment or have abandonment wounds it gets very tricky to talk about this word because commitment makes it feel like the other person has to choose us and we have absolutely no say in the matter, right? It seems like everything falls into the hands of the other person. And that's not really the way that we should be looking at relationships as if we're at the mercy of the other person, right? And it sort of puts the other person on this pedestal, which is really not true. So I want you to think about almost replacing the word commitment for a connection, building a connection. Because if you think about it, commitment is not actually one decision. It's like once you get that commitment, you are set for life. It's not really that case at all. True commitment is a series of decisions that continues throughout the relationship that is based on how safe and seen and validated we feel in that relationship. Okay, it is a series of decisions. And just because somebody calls you their girlfriend today, 
or someone proposes to you with a ring, it's not like you're winning some kind of game, right? And then we can just do whatever afterwards. I've mentioned this in the past, but healthy people want to be with people who help them to feel safe, where they can feel like they can be themselves around the person. They feel like they can be accepted and that they can continue their peaceful life. That's what healthy people want, right? They enjoy feeling healthy themselves and they want to continue that into their relationship. Toxic people, on the other hand, are attracted to unhealthy relationships because that is what is familiar for them. And so they'll choose people who maybe give them an ego boost or remind them of that up and down dynamic that they grew up with. That is until they heal themselves, of course, where you can learn to become more of a healthy person. And the reason why it's so important to talk about this deeper definition before just going on to all these other things is I really want to take the personalization out of it right? It's not like there's something wrong with you that's causing that person not to choose you. When we experience trauma, we tend to become very self-focused because we're in that protection phase. We become very conscious of how am I behaving? Am I good enough? Am I attractive enough? Am I doing enough? Right? Am I looking good enough? When it's not really about you inherently as a person, but there are simply things that you may not be aware of that are causing that healthy person to feel unsafe in this relationship and to feel hesitant about their ability to make you happy and to give you what you need, especially if we are doing things that are pushing them away. So with those three problems that I talked about, right, your eruptive emotions, choosing the wrong people, or sabotaging the right people. If you want to figure out which one of these, or maybe all of them, is contributing to your relationship issues, um, you can find that inside my free workshop. So in this workshop, I'm basically teaching you the secrets of how to attract an emotionally available relationship. And you can go to gethealthylove.com to check it out free. So let's dive into these points here the four reasons why you might be unconsciously repelling commitment and maybe not creating the conditions that we all need to feel safe in that relationship. And so as we're going through this today, I really just want you to think about how you like to feel safe in your relationships. Everybody wants to feel seen and heard and respected and to feel like they don't need to walk on eggshells and to feel like they can truly be themselves in their relationship and to feel genuine and open. All of us want that. And the first reason you might be repelling commitment is that your sign says closed for business, right? If you're going down the street and you're looking for a shop to go into, are you going to go into the store that says closed for business? Or are you going to go to the one that says open? In other words, are you actually letting your walls down and letting someone see you for who you are? In order for someone to feel like they can be open with you, they need to see that from you first, right? Ideally, it's coming from both sides. But if you've got one foot in, one foot out, and you're the one kind of leaning back and almost waiting for the other person to mess up, you're looking to see if you want to open up, although you are doing it for the right reasons, 
your body language and your own hesitancy to open up and share more about yourself is kind of telling the other person that your close for business sign is up. And unfortunately, this kind of becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because we've got our analytical mask on and people can tell that we're kind of analyzing them and trying to see what they're about, right? Instead of really giving to that conversation ourselves. One of the things I always say to my clients is that it's totally wrong to try to see if there is chemistry, right? In order for a chemical reaction to occur, you have to have two things put together, right? And so by you holding yourself back, it's almost like you're holding the other test tube. You are preventing any chemistry from happening in the first place, right? For there to be a real connection between two people, you have to be an active participant in that. You have to be actively talking to that person, making them feel like they can talk to you, right? Sharing things about yourself, etc. And that's why mindset is really important. And without having the right mindset, you really shouldn't be dating people because it is going to create that self-fulfilling prophecy. So getting really real about, am I actually open or closed to going on these dates? And am I sitting on the sidelines expecting something to happen when really I have to be part of that thing in order for there to be a connection in the first place? So that's a really important one. The second thing, which we kind of talked about in episode 32, is that you might just have an ulterior motive to get married or to get commitment. And you're kind of sounding like a car salesman, right? So... I don't know if you guys have ever gone to get a new car or to go shopping for a new car. You ever notice that when you're with a really salesy person, it's like the moment you walk in through the door, they're like, hi, how's it going? You know, they engage in this conversation with you, but then you can kind of tell that they're looking through you. You can tell that they're not really interested in what you're saying, but they're trying to speed you up to that finish line to close the deal and get that sale. And the way that they talk almost sounds kind of rehearsed and fake. It's really important, right, to let people know what your goals are, that maybe you are looking to get married in the future, etc. But once that's been agreed upon between you and the other person, that shouldn't be your focus point anymore. The goal of getting to know somebody isn't to rush past and move towards that commitment because otherwise it's the same energy as that really needy car salesman. People can tell when you're basically using them as your ticket to getting that ring, right? You want the wedding so badly. You know, you want the kids so badly. You want the commitment so badly that it's almost like you're more in love with the idea of those things than the actual person, right? It's a very gray area, but people can tell. Another example is, you know, a friend in grade five, right? Who only became your friend because they wanted you to help them with their homework, right? It's like you can sense when somebody has this hidden reason or this hidden motive behind their actions and what they're doing. And the very human response to that is just becoming defensive. People don't want to be used. People don't want to feel like they just want you to be their partner, right? To be their husband or their wife, et cetera. 
And the thing about them is, I'm telling you that this is a very legitimate reason, right? And if you try to ask that person why they feel hesitant to commit, they don't even realize it themselves because this is something that's very, very unconscious. So it's happened to me, right? When I've been with someone who seemed really, really nice, almost too nice, almost like they wanted to buy me a expensive necklace. Like after two weeks, it felt really unusual. And at the moment, I couldn't put into words that. I was feeling kind of used and rushed, and so my brain just thought, "Oh, maybe it's because I'm just too busy, right?" <laughs> and that's the reason. And only later on, in hindsight, did I put two and two together and realize, "Oh no, no, it wasn't about the busyness. It was really that this person was making me feel really uncomfortable, right? Like I could tell that they had some sort of deadline or a timeline in their own head, and they were trying to make me fit their timeline." Instead of trying to get to know me and just seeing if I would even be the right fit in the first place, all right, really, really important. You know what's true, right? Because you feel the same way about other people who do this. So the third thing, just kind of building on the second point, is really about inauthenticity, and a lot of this comes down to people pleasing and poor self-esteem. You know when you meet someone. In a friends group or at work, and there's just something about them that gives you this bad vibe, even though they seem to be really nice to everyone, right? They seem to say the right things almost a little bit too perfectly, but there's just something about the way that they carry themselves that feels very inauthentic. That almost seems like it's trying a little bit too hard, and you just don't trust them. You feel like you can't really trust them or believe them. And that's because when we are trying almost too hard to become what other people like, people can also tell, right? People can tell when you're being inauthentic, when you're putting on this mask. You know, Andrew and I were watching season four of Love Is Blind right now because all my clients love Love Is Blind, and <laughs> we started a discussion thread. So I'm trying to catch up so I can hang out with my clients <laughs> and talk about this. There's a lot of things that you can learn about relationships in that show, and this season there was one guy on the show where, from the beginning, he just seemed so nice in the pods, right? And something about him, and Andrew picked it up right away. He said, "I don't trust this guy. There's just something about him that seems really insincere." And lo and behold, <laughs> he turned into like a Barty's 2.0. So you know, right? We can kind of tell through body language, and authenticity can really come across when you don't feel like you're allowed to be yourself. When you feel like the you that you are isn't good enough for someone to fall in love with you, and so we kind of unconsciously, you know, bend and morph and twist ourselves into a different version of us. Now the tricky thing with this is that this can also become a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy, especially when that person eventually finds out what you're really like. So I'll just share an example that one of my past clients shared with me. She would do this thing at the start of a new relationship where she would just agree to everything that the person said. The partner would say, "Oh, I like to go hiking on weekends," and she would just immediately say, "Oh yeah, I love hiking too. Yeah, hiking is great." 
and she just go along with it, even though in reality she was a homebody, right? She didn't really like hiking and doing these things, but she kind of just went along with it. And it wasn't an actual lie because sometimes she really did go hiking. But the way that she was answering the question, she was doing it right to make that person like her more. And so, what eventually happened is, as they started to get comfortable with each other, the other person realized, okay, this woman doesn't actually like to go hiking as much as I thought she would, right? And then she just wouldn't go with him on things because there was this false expectation of what the relationship was going to be like at the very beginning. And here's the real kicker: the kind of person that he was, if she only told him at the beginning. He probably would have been totally fine with it, right? In fact, he told her, "If you want to stay home, that's totally okay." But the fact that she wasn't telling the full truth, and it kind of played out in this unfortunate way, these little things will chip away at your trust slowly. It's not even about the fact that she prefers to stay home and watch movies. It's the fact that she wasn't fully transparent at the beginning, and almost through a lie of omission, not really saying the full picture. And so she started to think, "Oh no, he doesn't like me because I like to stay at home and watch movies," which is not true at all. The truth is, he just started to trust you less because you weren't being real with him from the beginning. And when people don't really tell us the full truth in the back of our head, we want to protect ourselves naturally, right? It's planted this seed of what else is she not being honest about, or what else am I going to find out is not actually true as we go further into the relationship? And that's how that self-fulfilling prophecy is created. So I just want to remind you that a lot of the times it's not about you, right? It's about the honesty and the transparency of how you are coming across in that relationship. So. That's a very, very common example. I'm sure a lot of you are going to relate with this one. And just so that you don't feel like I'm trying to make anyone feel bad, I'm telling you this also from experience, right? I used to do this all the time. Like if a guy said, "Oh, I'm really into being a vegetarian," and I'll be like, "Oh yes, yeah, I'm a vegetarian too, right?" <laughs> or I, I try to eat this or that, and it's not something that we're doing intentionally, but just connecting the dots from all of my past episode. This is a protective mechanism where you had to learn to please people in your childhood in order for you to be safe. Right, and so as we get older, it's really about unlearning these mechanisms and knowing that you don't have to do that anymore. Right, you are allowed to be yourself and be your totally weird, real self in your relationship. And the fourth reason that we're going to cover today is about reactivity. So, in my free workshop, in my private work, in my programs, I talk about eruptive emotions. What eruptive emotions are? They are specific family groups of emotions that you struggle to regulate inside of a relationship. For example, you might be really good at dealing with jokes and handling jokes when you're single, but for some reason, when your partner tells you a joke or makes fun of you or something in a relationship, it makes you highly, highly triggered. Right? There's almost like a disproportionate way that we're responding to those things inside a relationship. And so, what happens with eruptive emotions is when you're projecting your emotions onto the other person, you're attacking them, you're kind of blaming them for how you feel because you haven't really learned how to navigate and control your feelings when you're dating somebody. 
And of course, it's not that you're not allowed to have emotions, right? Of course, you should feel safe to express yourself. But if you're expressing your emotions in a way that's actually hurting the other person, you're overreacting, then it's not even about you anymore. It's about the way that your actions affect people close to you. And it makes secure people especially feel very unsafe. Just going back to Love is Blind, right? This is a great show to observe sort of these toxic dynamics. And you see these eruptive emotions happening quite often. So in season three, there was an incident between a couple. And I think the woman said, oh, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with the other girls at the club to wrap up today's shooting or whatever. And the guy said, I'm out. <laughs> She's leaving me. Like, fuck this. I'm out. I'm packing up. And he started to leave. Right. And so his eruptive emotion was fear, right? Fear of abandonment, fear of her cheating on him or leaving him. And he kind of just exploded in this big way inside that relationship. And of course, later on, he came to a census, you know, tried to apologize, etc. This also chips away at the trust very, very quickly. Because the other person starts to feel like they have to watch what they say around you. They feel like they have to tiptoe on eggshells to not make you upset or to not set you off. That they're going to get chewed out for saying the wrong thing or constantly being afraid that you're going to misinterpret what they're saying. Does that sound familiar, by the way? Everything that I'm saying? Exactly. You felt this way before too, right? That might have been what you grew up with around parents that you couldn't say anything around because they were going to go off on their temper or blame you or make you feel really bad for something that you said accidentally or out of misinterpretation. It creates a lot of friction in a relationship. Now, one thing that I have to be very careful with clients when we're helping them work through this is to not make this an all or nothing situation because they tend to swing all the way back to the other end where they think, oh no, that means I can't show any emotion in this relationship. They go all the way to the other side of the spectrum and that's not true. It's not an all or nothing that you either over explode, overly react, or you just don't show any emotion at all, right? That's not true. Between those two polarities, there is a very healthy, happy middle ground where you are absolutely free to express your emotions, but doing so in a way that the other person can actually hear. And I'll give you an example just to demonstrate what I mean, right, of how to not make this so personal. So let's say that you're trying to train a dog, right? I'm not saying that relationships are dogs. <laughs> I'm just using this example because pets are sort of neutral, right? We don't have these huge attachment issues with pets. So let's say that you're trying to train your dog to not pee inside the house. And let's say one day you catch them about to pee and you see your dog and you go, oh my God, Spotty, how dare you? How could you? You're such a bad dog. I'm going to take you back to the shelter. Like, how dare you disobey me? How dare you disrespect me? Meanwhile, Spotty's just staring there, bewildered, like with his little leg up, right? Is that going to help him learn that that's not what you expect in your relationship together, right? Or what if you go the other direction? You see Spotty with his leg up and you go, I'm done, right? And then you ignore him. You give your dog the cold shoulder. You start acting passively aggressive to your dog. Is that going to help him learn what you really feel, 
right? What if you went up to your dog and you used a communication method that really works well with dogs, and you use a tone of voice that communicates your expectations, and use behavior training to use positive reinforcement to teach your dog how to pee outside instead. There are still ways that we can be completely open about the way that we feel, but delivering it in a way that the other person can actually understand. Same thing with raising kids, right? Yelling at your kid or being passive aggressive towards your child isn't going to send that message any clearer. But that there are ways to make it more palatable, and that the human brain digests information better. So. In summary, here were the four unconscious ways that we might be repelling commitment. So the first one was when your sign says "close to business," right? You are emotionally cut off yourself. You're not allowing the conversation to go deeper or to develop a vulnerable emotional connection from the get-go. Number two is that you have an ulterior motive. You kind of sound like a car salesman, and the other person. Feels a little bit defensive from being pushed to the finish line. The third one was about inauthenticity, people pleasing your way into sounding like a version of yourself that you're really not in order to impress the other person, or subtly tell them what they want to hear, and kind of setting up these false expectations. And number four is reactivity. Your eruptive emotions are out of control. You don't know how to communicate your emotions in a way that the person can actually comprehend and hold safely, and as a result, it's creating some trust issues inside the relationship. And the person feels like they won't be able to make you happy. You're kind of making them feel dejected. You're making them feel a bit hopeless because they feel like there's nothing that they can say that's going to make you feel happy or make you feel better. So, my loves, I hope that that was helpful in giving you some insight around what you might need to focus on inside your relationships, so that you can become more emotionally available yourself and really build out that relationship. You know, being in relationships with other people should be a very natural process, and it's really our own stuff that's kind of coming up in the way and preventing that from happening organically. Now, if you want some help with this, if you've been dealing with this on your own for a while and it's not getting any better, and maybe you're recognizing that it's time to get some support and some help, I invite you to book your free love strategy consultation with either myself or a team member for a potential opportunity to work together inside of our signature soulmate program that has a 97% success rate, helping ambitious high achievers permanently break free of toxic relationships. And to attract the kind of relationship that you really want, you can apply and get your free consult at bygloriazang.com/soulmate. When you sign up, you'll also be able to access our free 45-minute workshop training. Otherwise, my loves, if you love this episode and it was really helpful, take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram at bygloriazang. Always love hearing from you, besties. In next week's episode, I'm going to be exposing some dirty secrets and scams inside of the dating industry. Unfortunately, things that I think that you should look out for to protect yourself as you're navigating this space online, you know, with YouTube gurus and all of that. There's some pretty harmful things that are happening within this relationship dating industry, and well, you'll find out next week. <laughs> 
So for now, my loves, have a wonderful day and an abundant life. And I'll see you next week. Bye for now. If you love this episode, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. It really helps me a lot. So thank you. To join the community and get your daily dose of inner child tips, follow me on Instagram and social media at ByGloriaZang or visit ByGloriaZang.com. If you're a high achiever or entrepreneur who wants to work with me, message me the words high achiever and I'll get in touch. Thanks, bestie. See you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in, Bestie. I've got something for you. If you think this show deserves a five-star review, we'll send you my free Inner Child Starter Kit as a thank you for your support, which contains exclusive wallpapers and resources for you to download. To get your kit, just upload a screenshot of your review on Apple or Spotify to my webpage, bygloriazang.com slash reviews. The link is also in the show notes. There you can also check out my healing sessions and programs at bygloriazang.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and I will meet you in the next episode. Mwah!